Hello, friends. This is your host, Joe Fuensalida, and you're listening to the Well for Goodness Sake podcast. Well for Goodness Sake is about being real and keeping it real through real life talks and throughout all walks of life. This means no matter where you are in your life, this is a safe space for you. This is a space for you to come, relax, listen, and hopefully find encouragement for your heart and soul as well as that desired and relatable connection with other people who just might be in the same boat that you're in right now. I am here to laugh with you, to love on you, and encourage your heart with all of mine as much as God gives me the words to do that. We are simply seeking God's heart by getting in his presence and pursuing what I like to call the 4-8 life. We begin by choosing Jesus Christ first and daily and applying practical truths found in scripture in order to find that perfect peace, identity, and purpose. Life is full of chaos, and through all of the ups and downs we experience in life, relationships, and circumstances that are often completely outside of our control, we need God's mercy and grace. We need to be able to laugh and cry, rest and push forward, and find that peace by embracing God's infinite purpose for us and focusing on what is true what is real and worthy of our time, his love for us. Listeners and friends, you are not alone. God loves you. Welcome to this safe space, this encouragement space. I'm so glad that you're here with me. All right. Well, welcome back to the Well for Goodness Sake podcast on walking and living the 4-8 life. And what does that look like? And how do we do that? I'm glad to have you back for another episode on our current topic of pursuing peace. Friends, moms, sisters in Christ, I have to tell you, I think it is just completely ironic. Sometimes I find that God has this incredible sense of humor. (laughs) And while needing to In my case, for example, while needing to connect with him for content for the next episodes, while searching for peace in my own home, looking for that soft heart that we talked about, and, you know, while looking for things to share with others to encourage you, because that's why I'm here for encouragement. God put it on my heart. I have had, ironically, some of the most unpeaceful moments, hours, and days for the past two (laughs) weeks. I kid you not, sleepless nights. I have had the baby up two or three nights in a row for about four to five hours in the middle of the night. This is, I'm talking during the hours of like 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. or 12 midnight to 4 a.m., which is basically the time that my husband has to get up and go to work. So for the past three days, it's like ships passing in the nighttime. I'm up in the night. He's up early in the morning and then gone and I'm on my way back to bed while he's leaving. The most unfortunate part of this is that my five-year-old is up about 5.30 or 6 a.m. So on my way trying to go back to bed, I cannot get there because trying to explain to my five-year-old that mommy needs sleep in order to literally not die. It's not always easy or clear since she wakes up fully alert, full of energy, and completely starving. So God has a sense of humor, and boy has it been a learning curve 
the past couple of days just trying to adjust to what is happening with my children and my baby's sleeping habit, or should I say not sleeping habit, that has started recently. I feel completely exhausted and I don't have that energy, but I am choosing to look for his grace and all of this. I still need peace desperately. (laughs) Friends, sisters, what does your week look like? What does your day look like? What does your need of peace look like? Do you need your heart softened in any way, whether it's the things happening, the circumstances in your life that you can't control, whether it is what's happening in the world around us, which is pretty chaotic right now? What does looking for a soft heart and finding that piece of your own look like? So let's get into the topic for today. This is day three of the pursuit of peace. We have pretty well covered first and daily what that looks like from Matthew 6, 33, seeking God first, seeking his kingdom first and his righteousness and all these things are added unto you. And we learned that we seek in order to find something, right? Because we crave or desire it. In my case, I told you I was craving peace. I desire peace for my family. I was looking for it. I needed it. And I just started diving into the word of God. We also talked about the different types of worship to God in the second day of pursuing peace. We talked about that shouting it loudly from the mountaintops and then the bow down type of worship from Psalms chapter 95. Shout it, oh come, let us sing unto the Lord. This is verses one and two. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise. And then chapter 95, verse six for the bow down worship. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Today, our topic on finding this peace, the pursuit of peace is choosing joy and thankfulness. And then how does practicing thankfulness affect us? Does it really do anything? This is another one of the secrets to soft heart and it's found through joy, joy and thankfulness over complaining and grumbling, which can be very challenging for some of us. I'm going to be honest and admit that, but it is a choice. So choose joy and thankfulness, saying thank you instead of grumbling about something. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. The Greek word for always literally means all the time, every minute. Don't stop. It's directive because it's something, like I said, that we have to choose. We can't just wait for it to come to us. We can't have strong beliefs or this incredible faith system in our mind that's not acted upon. It is a choice that has to be acted upon. It takes action. It's directive because we must choose it and we must act on it. So it doesn't matter if, even though it's important, it doesn't matter if we have a set of rules that guide our faith or our beliefs. It doesn't matter if we have a set of strong core values that we think about and we believe about. If we set zero action to it, like if you say that you have a relationship with God, but you do not choose to pray or spend time in his presence at all, that's not taking action in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Actions speak louder than words. We know that. We've heard that before. It applies to so many different areas of life. You can't say, I love you to someone, but never love them in their language. That's not showing love. If somebody's love language is receiving gifts or receiving a hot meal, but you hate cooking and you never do it for somebody else, you may not be loving them fully as you could. It doesn't mean that you have zero love, but this is just a small example of how actions speak louder than words. In a relationship, In marriage, there's compromise. Maybe you hate to cook, 
but your spouse loves a hot dinner, like I mentioned, loving that person in their love language is showing 100% of love, the most love that you can give. So that's a decision as well. (laughs) That's a decision. Joy is a decision. We have to choose it. We have to act upon it just like we have to act upon love. Jesus Christ had to act upon love when he chose to die on the cross for us. And even though he asked God to take that cup from him, please let that pass. When he asked if he could just not die on the cross, would could we still do it that way, God? And I'm paraphrasing, obviously, because he asked if he could take the cup. Essentially, Jesus is saying, can you take this away from me, God? Do we, Father, Lord, do we have to do it like this? Is there another way to save these people? But ultimately, Jesus chose to die for us. He chose to do the only one thing and love the only one way that had to be done on our behalf, love us on our behalf, die for us on our behalf in order for us to have access to God in a relationship towards eternity, towards a forever eternity. So Jesus had to take action with choosing to love people. It's the exact same way with choosing thankfulness over grumbling or joy over complaining. It's the exact same thing. It's a decision to actively choose to focus on the good and then to rejoice in it. And I look at rejoice like praise. Choosing joy means you're choosing truth. What does that mean? Well, a joyful heart does good like medicine, right? A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Proverbs 17, verse 22. Philippians 4, 8. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, the 4, 8 life, whatsoever things are just, whatever's lovely, the things of good report, if there's virtue, if there's praise, think on these things. So, You will be hard pressed to complain about something if you're already thinking about truth. And I know that I've briefly casually touched on this, but if you're already thinking on things that are true, God loves me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not just having this collage of different quotes and sayings that you speak, but there is something to be said for speaking positively and using positive words and phrases over negative ones. If you wake up speaking words of life, God loves me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My children are a blessing versus these kids drive me crazy. My house is too small. I hate this washing machine. You will notice a change. I promise you, if you redirect, interrupt the negative thoughts and replace them with positive ones, that's choosing joy and you will notice a change. It has to be done. Joy is not something that can be faked or replaced by anything else. It doesn't matter how many selfies you take how many social media accounts you have. It doesn't matter how successful you are at work. Joy cannot be faked or replaced by anything else, but it is a conscious choice that we have to make to choose joy, to choose happiness, to choose truth. Choosing truth is when I choose to say, thank you, God, instead of complaining. Thank you for my blessings. Thank you for my children. Thank you for this house that we live in. Thank you for this mobile home. Thank you for this laundry because we have clothes to wear. I hate doing laundry. (laughs) But if I let that be my phrase, if I let that be my confession that day, ah, I hate this. That is setting the tone for what my day looks like over. Thank you, Lord, that we have clothes to wear and we are not desperate. We have underwear and pants and shirts and clothing for our children and socks and shoes. And we're able to get the orthotics that my daughter needs. We're able to get the things that we need for different special needs that we might have. Thank you that we have what we need. Thank you. When we choose truth, there is most likely more than one thing that we can thank God for too. 
there are lots of examples of things that you can look around you. Look around you right now in your home as you're listening to this podcast. If you're driving in the car, keep your eyes on the road. (laughs) Please don't look around your car if you are, you know, driving. Be safe. But think if you can. Think with me on the things that you have in your life. What's one thing? If you're driving a car, my goodness, you can say thank God for the car, right? If you're driving the car right now, you have gas in it, at least to get where you're going on that paved road right now, (laughs) right? There's always something. But I'm sure if you're at home, sitting at home right now, like me, if you look up and just glance around you, I'm sure that you can see something around you in your life, at least three things that you can thank God for today. And it just looks like that. Locating an object. Well, thank you, God, that I have a light while I'm recording the podcast right now. I can see my notes. (laughs) Thank you, God, that my daughter is asleep just long enough for me to hop on here and share this quick thought about choosing joy and thankfulness over complaining. What you've been teaching me. Thank you, God, that even though the wind chimes are ringing outside, it's a joyful noise. And if my podcast listeners hear it and I can't get rid of the sound, you must have wanted them to hear that racket in the background. (laughs) There's something that you can thank God for. Look around you. Try to find something you can thank God for. I want to tell you something as far as examples of choosing joy and what it looks like while I've been talking about the 4-8 life and finding peace and what does that look like pursuing my relationship with God, trying to change my mindset. You know, it never ceases to amaze me how because we're human and because we are of a sin nature and because life can be stressful that still, even after all the truth that I've spoken about, that I'm learning about, that I'm actively applying in my life, without a doubt, there's always a moment where something happens and you start that negative cycle again, you start to complain again. And I am fatigued. As I've told you, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired and it's hard to stay focused. But I want to share with you, I've been reading a book called The Mom Fog. It's a book by Hannah Keeley. She is considered America's number one mom coach. And I'm not affiliated with her. I can't take credit for any of her work. But it's this little book on what she calls the eight steps of overcoming mom fatigue syndrome. And I relate in so many ways But I have a couple of things that I want to pull from what I've read so far. I'm not even finished with the book, but it's an incredible book. The very first thing that I think is part of the end of chapter three or something like that is massive action. And I love it because she's discussing the fact that you have to act just like we talked about. Actions speak louder than words. She doesn't use that phrase exactly, but she's saying that you basically have to leap frog jump. And I quote her leap frog jump. That's a paraphrase from her book in chapter three. You have to take massive action when you know that there's something you need to change. You have to just start doing it. Jump towards it with all of your heart and just go for it. And I love that because we have to take massive action against the negative. We have to turn it off. And so that's what I was talking about earlier with interrupting yourself. If you're about to say a foul word, If you've struggled in your life with language as I have, and you've used some foul language when you're frustrated, maybe even in front of your kids, or you are very negative and complain first, like I have struggled with myself, we have to get into a habit of taking massive action against that kind of vocabulary, against that kind of action, (laughs) against that kind of complaining. We have to take massive action. I love that she's talking about the same thing, and it applies to the 4-8 life, thinking what's true, but also acting on it. I've mentioned getting your own armor. This is what it looks like. You have to take action and fight against the negative with the positive. So interrupting yourself in the middle of a bad word and stopping it. And she has such a great breakdown that I'm going to share hers because she explains it so well. She talks about working from the inside out rather than the outside in. The world she discusses 
you know, does everything from the outside and it's all about how you look and how much money you have and how famous you are and how successful your acting career is and how many followers you have on the social media platforms. And with God in us, us mothers, Christians, brothers and sisters, working from the inside out as Christ does, working on the inside, fixing our issues first from the inside out, letting God pursue us and us pursue him, doing that for eight, seeking truth, spending time with him, choosing him over TV, over Kindle, delete those apps that are negative in your life, move them to the back of your phone, set a timer, do whatever it takes to get that time in with God. Take massive action. Seriously, if that means moving your Facebook and Instagram, I've done this before. I don't have to do it anymore. You know, once you start to create a habit, it gets better. Most of my social media time now is just sharing what I've learned from God. I've already spent time with him that day and it just, it's very easy to share something that I've already found. And I don't really spend time looking at much of everybody else's stuff. People occasionally send me things and I'll read it or I'll repost it or I'll retweet it if I feel like it's truthful or helpful. But I do not spend a lot of time scrolling and looking to see what everybody else is doing (laughs) anymore these days because I don't have time. And it might take for you moving your Facebook and Instagram or whatever. If you have Snapchat, I don't have that. If you have TikTok, I don't have that either. But any of these apps that are time consuming, that are taking you away from your family, your children, time with God, your true identity is found in Jesus Christ. My identity is found in the presence of God the Father. You're not going to find who you are following somebody that's famous and beautiful on Instagram. You're not going to find who you are by creating the greatest TikTok videos ever and getting lots of followers. Our identity is found in the Lord. And Keely talks about in her book, What's Your Mom Identity? And I just couldn't help but chuckle and find, again, that God has a sense of humor as I'm reading through the chapters, trying to figure, trying to just hear from somebody else, get their perspective on being exhausted and fatigued as a mother. She's talking about what is your mom identity? And she's suggesting the same thing, which is choosing the truth of who you are in Christ. Essentially, she's talking about who you are as a mom. What is your identity that God gives you in scripture, which is choosing truth, right? Because God created us were fearfully and wonderfully made. You, listener, right now, you friend, sister in Christ, mom, student, whoever you are, your identity is found in God the Father in his presence. He created you. You will find your identity, your true and authentic self, nowhere else. Doesn't matter how many things you do, how strong you are, your authentic identity created by an amazing God is found in his presence. So she discusses changing your state of mind, changing your body, changing your language. And of course, the language one is powerful for me because I'm going to admit, again, I've struggled with my language and it doesn't mean that, you know, it's the end of all things. No, it means stop, start over. So she's got this one phrase that goes like this, is that your confession? And what she's talking about here was when she realized that things were going not the way she wanted, essentially not the way God wanted. And she discusses changing your mind, changing your body. She's not talking about instantly, magically being thinner. She's talking about healthier, stopping this negative cycle. If you're someone that slumps your shoulders and drags your head down and you're weary, starting to alter that by taking that leapfrog jump like she's talking about, squaring your shoulders, taking big breath, stopping that negative cycle of bad thoughts, negative thoughts, unbiblical thoughts. I can't do this. I'm nothing. I'm worthless. You may have even gone through, you know, some suicidal thoughts. There was a season in my life where I actually had suicidal thoughts and it's what we do with that. It's how we take care of that. It's how we stop that cycle. 
a lot of times you have to go outside of yourself and you need counseling or therapy or help with that. And that's totally fine. You need to do what is best for you to break that cycle. For me, I was able to stop those negative suicidal thoughts by just changing my state of mind. And it has to do with completely interrupting the negative. So she talks about this phrase that she started using, this go get it, go get it, get it done. Mark eleven twenty three says, whoever says this to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes what he says will take place. It will be done for him. So this is just choosing to believe in who God made us to be, choosing to believe what kind of a mom we are. It's changing our mindset, changing our focus. And I just absolutely love is that your confession comment, because it basically means, in her words, putting that filter over my mouth. Keely says it's one of the hardest things that she's ever done was putting a filter over her mouth, but she knew that it was something, and I'm paraphrasing her, that needed to be manifested. And it needed to come out of a place of confession. And it needed to be something that she did to disempower the other statements that were continually coming out of her mouth. Like, I can't do this. I can't take it anymore. These kids make me crazy. Like, whatever the negative statement is. And you know what I'm talking about because we've all done it. And so she started doing this thing where she calls it stop, repent from the statement and praise. Stop, repent, praise. Is that your confession? And so she gave a small example of how she said, something negative, like one of those statements, I can't do this anymore. And in the middle of that statement, caught herself and said, wait, is that my confession? Stop. She stopped. She repented of the confession that she made and she changed it around. You know, the verse, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. When we choose Jesus Christ, we have to make a confession. We have to confess with our mouth. Who is Jesus Christ? confess our sins. So it's biblical to confess, to make a confession. If our confession is, I hate this day, I hate this house, my kids make me crazy. If that's our confession, we're choosing a confession that is not biblical. We're choosing a mom identity that is not found in Jesus Christ. It's not who God created us to be. We're choosing a false identity. If we choose truth, my children are a blessing. It doesn't mean this is not hard. It doesn't mean the circumstance is not hard. The child screaming, the child waking up all night is not a difficult thing. It doesn't take away the truth of the circumstance. But our identity as a mom, as a person, is found in God and in Scripture. For me, changing my language was powerful. So I started practicing this thing that Keely does. I started saying, is that my confession? And I even gave my daughter permission to say, mom, respectfully, mom, is that your confession? And I kid you not, I must have stopped myself 10 times before noon doing this. So it sounds crazy and monotonous. But it works. If you make a conscious choice, just like choosing joy, if you choose to stop yourself, interrupt yourself rudely if you have to, if you're in the middle of saying something that you hate, making a false confession about who you are, I can't do this. This is horrible. Insert whatever word or whatever phrase you always say. If you do that habitually, I encourage you to try this amazing, massive action against the negativity of stop repent and praise. It works really great. So while I had to do it probably 10 times that first day (laughs) and I'm still working through the book and I'm still less than halfway through reading the book, I kid you not that it works. You literally catch yourself. I hate that. Wait, is that my confession? Mommy, is that your confession? Nope. Forgive me, Lord. I love my kids. My kids are a blessing. This is a difficult moment, but I praise you because 
I have wonderful kids that are so talented. And you know what it's actually done for my daughter? Not just noticing that mom is trying something different and trying not to yell and trying to be better, but it changes her heart too. God uses me connecting with who my mom identity is in Christ, in scripture, using it to touch her heart where she will now say when she starts to complain about something, wait, is that my confession? And it's kind of cute because she might be kind of joshing a little bit, but she's starting to practice it too in trying to change her complaint into a thank you. (laughs) And the Bible says some of these scriptures I got from looking them up, some of them are found in the chapter four of Keely's book when she's talking about mom identity. According to his word, she says that we're strong, energetic, and joyful women. We're joyful moms. That's who our mom identity is. According to his word, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, right? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That is our mom identity. We're self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. She shares Isaiah 40, verse 31, mounting up on wings as eagles, running and not being weary, walking and not fainting or becoming tired. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him. His boundless might provides. For by you, I can run through a troop and by my God, I can leap over a wall. That's in Psalms. She shares Romans 15.13, may the God of your hope so fill you with joy and peace and believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing with hope. You are the mother that is not grieved or depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10 Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah 35.10 I remember a song from that. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. My dad used to sing that. He had this whole song that he would play on the guitar. So it's claiming, interrupting the negative and claiming who we are in Jesus Christ. Claiming our identity in the God that created us through scripture. Verses just like what I just read, some of those from Keeley's book, most of those are in her chapter. And there's others, you know, choosing to think about what is true and real. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is in God the Father who I find my strength. God created us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are his works. Connecting with that, claiming it as your own, stopping the negative comments. Stop. Repent. Tell him what you said was wrong. Rephrase it in a praise to God. It works. Friends, when we walk away from grumbling, we're accepting the grace that's already waiting there for us. We are less likely to be angry with life, with our husband or our spouses or our children. Choosing a language that shifts to non-regretful speech is something that is magnanimous. You cannot replace that feeling, that peace that you gain from not regretting what you spoke earlier that day. It's choosing to begin a new thing that allows joy to enter. Proverbs 15.1 is a soft answer, turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And so often in our feelings, we react rather than approaching and turning away the wrath of somebody else in the way that we respond because we answer with how we feel rather than connecting with the Lord first and responding in a peaceful way. It's that unbridled tongue. It's that unbridled heart that stirs up unnecessary anger and the very things that we so regret later. So what is true about thankfulness? (laughs) It works. Just as Keely suggests in the Mom Fog book, you have to interrupt yourself, stop, disrupt the negative, take a massive action in a completely different direction. Words only go so far. We can believe so many things, right? But it's the action that makes it true. And a real 4-8 worthy life, worthy for the glory of God. 
what's also true. God wants us to find our mom identity. God wants us to live in peace. God wants us to find our unique abilities to bring glory and honor to him, to be the best that we can possibly be, to do all things through Christ. The keys, what are those keys to altering our first and daily practices of giving thanks and feeling joy? Stop yourself. Interrupt the negative. Interrupt the negative thing you're saying, thinking, feeling, repent or do a 4-8 <laughs> and think of at least one thing about God's hand in your life and then praise him for that thing. Thank him for that thing. So yes, I'm borrowing off of the book a little bit. I'm saying do a 4-8. I'm saying stop, stop the negative, interrupt it, stop, repent, do a 4-8 and then praise him. Thank him for one good thing. And normally, just like with my daughter, if she's complaining and I encourage this type of behavior of stop, hold on just a minute. Is that your confession? Now that we're now that we're saying that, let's do a four eight. Is that your confession? <laughs> we have all these things that we say. My daughter also can think of at least three things, sometimes five or ten. And it touches my heart to watch her, even over the last week of incredible stress, incredible sleepless nights, long nights. It's still true. Thankfulness, what's the breakdown? Thankfulness with these steps allows you to see yourself in the eyes and heart of God and see who you really are. Who is your mom identity? Who is your person identity? Who you are rather than who you feel like today or who other people have decided that you are. Thankfulness is the heart's way to freedom against negativity, freedom from doubt, freedom from depression. Thankfulness is the heart's way out. Practice this. Stop. Repent. Praise. Stop. Repent. Praise. Well, friends, listeners, this brings us to the end of our episode today here on the Well for Goodness Sake podcast. I hope you felt welcomed and encouraged here today and realizing you are not alone. You are loved and you can do all things through Christ and everything else above and beyond that if you let go of self, allow God, and begin each day first and daily walking in the 4-8 life. That means every day, as soon as possible, or before everything else, thinking and dwelling on positive truths that are real, and then circling back to those truths over and over again until a new mindset habit forms on the things that are valuable and worthy of the time God has given you. Remember, I want to stay connected with you, and hopefully you want that too, and you can do that by subscribing here to the Well For Goodness Sake podcast on whatever platform you are listening to today. You can follow my Instagram handle at wellforgoodnesssake underscore WFGS. That is wellforgoodnesssake underscore WFGS. You can also subscribe to the Well For Goodness Sake YouTube channel, which makes easy listening for those that don't have a podcast platform. There's more content there on seeking God first and daily, some real life humor as I just have to laugh through the ups and downs of parenting and trying my best to walk this 4-8 life. Please feel free to provide feedback or leave a review. In fact, I encourage that if anything I've talked about today resonated with you or was encouraging to you, I'd love to hear from you. Of course, I'm hoping for positive feedback, but I do want to hear from you so that I can connect with you. Continue to provide encouragement for your heart by holding your hand and walking alongside you while we seek God first and daily. Listeners, friends, we are not alone. God is real and God loves you. Well, for goodness sake, let's go do a 4-8. Until next time, I love you and it's all because of him.